Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. Uh, my name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And this is Chad. And we have an exciting episode for you. Today is our birthday episode. Happy birthday, gentlemen. Hooray! Happy birthday to us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, hard to believe that we have um, been doing this podcast for two years now. So, and when I think about some of our early episodes, and when I think about of the things that we've learned along the way. Um, it's been a remarkable journey. Um, but more importantly, it's been fun to meet people and sort of create a little community we got here. And then, and it's been a lot of fun for me to get together with you guys to talk about games. Yeah. Because I like games. Games are fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's also, um, fun to think about the idea that like i wasn't one of the original um co-hosts uh i was a special guest on one of your guys's earlier episodes uh and we had so much fun i guess you invited me to come back and talk more which i'm really good at doing is talking a bunch of bullcrap uh and i really appreciate you guys inviting me on and and letting me have the opportunity to join you and yeah. be part of the community and and have some fun discussions about the games that we enjoy playing yeah, it's true. We have. And you've actually been on for over a year now, I think. So mm -hmm. uh, you're you're practically a, a staple, I guess. Isn't that what they call that? Yeah. Well, if it ain't broke, so, don't fix it, right? Hey, there we go. There we go. So, hey, um, one of the things we like to do is we like to talk about games that we've played. And so well, let's start with that. Um, have you guys played any games lately? I have. Hey, you got some games. Why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I got to play, I actually got to play a game of War Machine against Oz. Um, nice. I played Morvana 2 and Devourer's Host. He played Siphon. Uh, the scenario was Anarchy. Um, I managed to win the die roll and chose to go first. Uh, and I just kind of pushed really fast up the field. Because um, that's what Circle does. Um, mm-hmm. Oz was playing a siphon list that had, I think, five or six monstrosities, a couple Void Archons, not very much in the way of infantry, um, and a couple of solos. Uh, he moved forward a little bit. On my next turn, I managed to get a lucky assault and charge off with uh, Brigitte and Call, um, the character two-man unit for Circle that are Tharn. Um, it's a Tharn character unit. And managed to kill the um, kill one of the Void Archons uh, in two shots. Um, the uh, you know the Weapon Master bow attack from um, from Brigitte and then Call ended up. So he's base power thirteen. He has powerful charge, and then they were my prey. So I was up to power seventeen, and I rolled really well on the charge attack and just finished it off in a second hit um great dice i mean yeah yeah and and i had positioned morvana 2 as well so morvana 2 has an ability called scales of fate which uh you can 
re-roll an attack or damage roll of a friendly faction model inside her control area by suffering by her suffering d3 damage points and then she has a couple of different things in her kit that helps her regain those hit points and so you really get to skew the dice math a lot of times uh, it's one of the reasons why she's been a favorite warlock of mine in circle for a very long time i played her very heavily in in mark ii uh, and I've played her some in Mark III since she got a little bit of uh, revisiting. She saw uh, some very brutal hits with the nerf bat uh, in the transition between Mark II and Mark III. Yeah. But she's back to pretty much, you know, her former glory, still doing really well. She's still very, very strong. Um, Oz um, ambushed in his press gangers and charged into my blood trackers that were on my right hand side, his flank, uh, his left hand side. And, um, and then I had forgotten that the void archons have entrepic force. And so he put his other void archon into my ravagers on the opposite side of the field and was almost able to kill the entire unit between that void archon and, uh, one of his wreckers that he had over there. Nice. Um, However, uh, I had very aggressively moved forward one of my Warpwolf stalkers behind a wall that was like near the very middle of the table, and Siphon had moved forward to feet and was in charge range of a Warpwolf stalker. So I put Primal and Carnivore onto him to make him mat 10, and then with Primal and his warping strength, his sword is a power 21. Um, I hit him with a... Sunder Spirit did a couple of points of damage from Morvana and then positioned her so that I could get some rerolls with the Warpwolf Stalker to basically make sure, like, I only needed fives to hit. I had rerolls. I had my initial attack. I was not able to get my claw, but then I was going to be able to buy three more sword attacks. So I had four attacks against Siphon, was able to kill him on the second hit from the Stalker. Wow, that that sounds like it uh, was a, a fun game. Yeah, um, yeah, I do that all, all the time, where I just kind of bring my warlock or my warcaster just a little bit too far forward, and then yeah. you know, and something you didn't expect to get you comes and gets you. <laughs> yeah, and but, yeah, and um, if it had just been like a regular warp wolf with primal. It's a little more dicey because then I need sixes to hit and needing yeah. sixes going for an assassination run um, are not always the best, but I had, I had two mat buffs plus I had a reroll. So it was like, it was very, very good odds. And mm-hmm. one of the very few times that circle has that good of odds. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. He plays a lot of siphon. Um, yeah. I feel like he should get some reps in with Fexus. And... Yeah, and he was thinking about, yeah. uh, he was saying after the game that he probably should have played Fexus because he had a lot more dudes for my stuff to chew through, yeah. uh, which could have been a really interesting match, I think. Um, but the the Morvana list also has a surprising amount of attacks that it can generate as well. So it would have been kind of interesting to see how well his uh, tough checks went and how mm-hmm. much that slowed me down. Uh, because if I can keep killing stuff with like the Ravagers, um, if I give them Carnivore and get they get plus two mat against living models, um, and then every time I kill something, I can RFP it and Morvana heals, so I can like 
abuse her re-rolling ability by re-rolling a lot, healing back from them killing stuff, and then their mini feat is overtake, and with Devourer's Host, they get to start with a corpse. So I get two chances to kill something from my initial attack and then buy an additional attack to try and kill what's in front of me, and then take another inch step, get the corpse token, buy another attack, and just kind of keep lawn mowering through some stuff. So it would have been very interesting. Uh, I, he would have had a lot more stuff uh, in the way to keep Thexus alive. Um, and uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been a, a different and very interesting game. So maybe next time when when we get to play, he'll drop uh, Thexus off the table instead. Well, I think I think he's ready to go full on trolls now. Yeah. The last couple times we've been talking, uh, he's all he's talking about is some crazy troll list. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to start seeing some of the troll lists after the uh, the CID goes live. And yeah. The new yeah. releases come out. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Dan? Oh. Um... I've got troll ideas too, but uh, actually I was playing trolls in uh, some Brawl Machine games. Um, ironically enough, against Circle, uh, I got a game in against uh, a guy I'd played before. Um, just this time we were able to play a little bit, a little bit more. I had uh, Yarl into Wormwood, um, which was which was all right. Um, I was able to kind of push out on scenario with with those ones, just killing off those. Kind of the first game. It was like a best of two. It's part of the, the line of sight ones. And the first game he tried uh, Cassius, like r- moving way up, tried to arc some spells through, and basically rolls really bad for him. And Cassius couldn't uh, dark uh, whatever, dark woods or whatever back. So he couldn't get him back, um, you know, 15 inches or so. He pushed him or, or like that he ran him forward, right? I think it, I think um, it's Unseen Path is the name of the spell, path. where okay. either yeah. you can place the tree within completely within two inches of Cassius, or place Cassius completely within two inches of the tree. There you go, yeah. And so you couldn't yo-yo him back, so I pretty much ate Cassius for free, um, which then just stuck Wormwood where he was, and kind of just slow grind that one out. Um, not too slow, but it just... Once that happened, it was a lot rougher for him. Um, the second game, he was able to do the yo-yo much more effectively, um, but I was still just able to kind of, kind of tough it out. Um, I was running, you know, like I said, Yarl with uh, Bomber. Um, oh shoot, what else did I have in that list? Brawler, a uh, unit of bears, and a Dunian Archon, and a uh, stone unit with uh, Minstone with the Elder. Um, the in uh, Storm, yeah, Storm of the North, so it was the North Canelder, which in the Brawl Machine level, running a stone, now that they're going to go down in points, might work a little bit better, but man, the stone leader doesn't have an attack. Okay, so I've got three guys at mat five, pow ten, yay. <laughs> um, anyway, so as uh, I do that one, then the next game I played into was uh, was against Balder. And, oh, I hadn't played against him before. Man, in a Brawl Machine with the, uh, I can't remember what the scenario was, but it's three flags, two on one side, one on the other, and a circle in the middle, was very, very rough. His feet, Baldur's feet is, um, removes Pathfinder, and no one can gain Pathfinder, right? Enemies can't gain Pathfinder while within his control range. 
and enemies treat open terrain as rough terrain. So my speed five trolls without Pathfinder yeah. are very, <laughs> very, sad. very, very sad. <laughs> um, he was also playing the, um, the uh, what's that unit that you can only do? There's an FA of one. They have stealth, um, weapon master on their throne, AD. It's a uh, Tharn um, blood trackers. Blood trackers, yeah. And with the uh, with the UA, the lady that gives them uh, a mini, or she does like two things for him, right? She grants them repo, and then she gives them um, tactics. Uh, granted repo, tactics, uh, quick work, and then she has a mini feat for switch prey. Yes, yeah. yeah. So Nuala, Nuala is that, really good. Oh yeah, she is. Um, and with prey, so he prayed my bears. Um, he went first on the first game. And I just, I couldn't hide from him, right? Like, I just, I really almost couldn't do anything. And his rolls were so incredibly hot. Like, his first 12 or 13 rolls, nothing below average, right? Even on three dice, two dice, I think he only had, his lowest roll was an eight on two dice. Just obliterated a lot of my stuff, right? Um, He also had the, uh, the Wolf Rider champion who could jump. So, especially when you go first, that runs up, it jumps, it does crazy stuff. Um, and Boulder gives the stone skin, I think, plus two arm, plus two strength, minus one to defense. Minus, so she it's was minus one speed and defense, plus two strength oh. and armor. Oh, oh yeah. minus one speed. It's really like good, actually. Yeah, but it's it's tough, especially when you get on that, and it counts for the mount with the backstrike, so the, ba- the mount gets the backstrike, apparently, as well. So <laughs> anyway, that thing jumped into my lines me up right he killed my bears so i go to retaliate my first three rolls i'm like okay yarrow will clear out some blood trackers to give myself room right i only need a five right i can do this two dice i roll a three okay uh okay well i guess i'll uh boost the next one um and i roll a three um yeah so now yarrow is basically burnt through a lot of stuff he's stuck he can't do anything so I'm like, all right, I activate someone else, and I roll a two um, on two dice, right? And I'm just like, and I'm under feet. So now I can't contest two of the flags. I can barely contest the center, and he's contesting my flag enough that I can't get anything there to score it even because of the feet and because of where his stuff is. So basically that that ended very, very fast, that game. Yeah, um, yeah, that's We, that's yeah. we played it We played it out, but yeah, especially just on – it was a mix between, you know – my team, his team, and the and the scenario. So second game, I go first. Um, I get up the field, kind of do a little bit of the same tactics. I spread my guys out a little bit differently, and uh, this game goes much crazier. It basically he still gets in on my bears under feet or not feet, but mini feet. Um, doesn't quite do as much. Um, however, I was able to get them in first, although they had bad rolls and I wasn't able to finish off his. Uh, I should rest. He is running Boulder, um, Gutterex, and a Moonhound and a Wild Argus, I want to say. That's why it's basically one removes stealth and the other one puts me to death five, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I couldn't kill off one of those hounds with, uh, with like a couple bears. So that was sad. And we kind of were going back and forth a little bit. Um, I, I was able to prepare a little bit better for his feet this time. And going first, taking up a little bit more board space. So I was able to kind of score mine and contest one of them a little bit, but he started playing ahead on scenario. Then I was able to get some better magic bullet rolls and some unexpected 
unexpected stuff, you know, that he wasn't thinking um, to kill off some of his solos and everything. You know, I can shoot my own guys also, right? And magic bullet off them if I have to. Um, but my poor, or sorry, I wasn't running a brawler. I was running an Earthborn. That would skew the point. So my Earthborn, sadly, on that case, basically was pretty much a contesting piece, which is sad when you have to burn a heavy to basically just be running to contest, just to be sitting in places to to mess with things, right? Um, so, like I said, either way, this one went down to um, turn five, end of turn five, basically. I had some good toughs with my Dunian Archon. Um, he couldn't quite assassinate Yarl a couple times. He could have got a run on him, but he just couldn't tear through my guys. Um, the game basically ended um, with my turn five. I was going after some stuff. He had one blood tracker left on the field. I charged in like one of my last remaining stone guys. I could actually do anything. He swings, needs a seven, and he'll auto kill if he hits. Rolls like a six, so I feel sad. Um, then his turn five, he proceeds to roll kind of bad. I tough a bit. Um, Gatorx can't quite get to Yarl. Um, I did some crazy plays where I, I moved around. I repoed Yarl over onto my flag. I ran my stone bearer all the way up to the other flag to score it. Um, got some good rolls. So I ended up tying the CP 6-6. Six to six, Or it was 6-5, sorry. So I was ahead 1 CP. He scored his to make it 6-6. Six, six, so we went down to army points. And I lost by 10 army points. So had that... Oof, that's um, rough. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what it was? Actually, what it was, um, sorry, I was up six to four, or no, yeah, six to four. Um, but hit that blood tracker that stayed alive was able to run after Gatorx cleared off the troll, right, and contest the flag. So Yarl actually couldn't score it. Um, so yeah, so had I killed that blood tracker, I probably would have won on CP maybe, or he could have maybe ran to contest either way, right. But yeah, basically missing that seven pretty much costed by army points. So either way, it was a really good kind of tight game. Um, but Jarl into uh, a bunch of uh, Def 14 stealth um, models, not good. But I wanted to try it, so <laughs> now I know. Well, and it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like the advantage of uh, the Brawl Machine format is you get to play back-to-back games. And it sounds like your second game was way better than your first game. Oh yeah, you learn really quick, and so that's why I like about it is, is just with such with the two, is you learn very fast because it gets repetitive into yourself, you know. Yeah. By the way, what about you, Jeremiah? What'd you get in? I'm sure you got some things in. I actually, I actually got quite a few games in. Um, I got um, a Malifaux game in on Vassal uh, with a guy named Jim. And it was a really, really good game compared to my previous Malifaux games. Um, I was running Nelly again because I wanted uh, I wanted to get at least ten reps in with her before I switched masters. And um, and then I think my I think my crew was very similar to 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 what it was before in the last episode when I was talking about Nelly. Um, but what made this game really good is Jim ran um, Lucius. And Lucius is one of those masters that can be played in two factions, so he can either be played in Guild or in Neverborn. And so he ran Lucius in Guild, and so it was a Guild mirror match is what it was. But what I got to see was 
um, other guild models in action, and so which is the faction that I, I'm I'm playing, I'm choosing to play, and so for me it was a learning lesson because I got to see what my models are doing, and then and then I got to see what other models in the game uh, do, and and Nelly and Lucius are funny because they there's some models that that they both can hire that help them in some in some ways, so um, it was a fantastic game, and I think I. Um, I think I probably scored the most in that game than I did in any other. This was the last game of that Vassal League that I was a part of. Um, the last one I can get in. So, um, But I also got, got uh, two Infinity games in. Uh, so I got one in with uh, Jordan. Uh, there's these two guys, Jordan and Isaac, they're brothers. So I was actually using Isaac's Pan-O models against Jordan, who was running uh, US Ariadna. And uh, it was my first N4 game, and so there was just a little bit of a learning because some of the there you know there were some changes between the edition, and so that was mostly what I was going for. I didn't care about winning the game. I wanted just to create some situations where, um, you know, where I can test stress tests, I guess, some of the things, and then um, and then I came back and uh, the next week to play um, and. Um, I ended up getting paired up with Steven and he was running Hawk Islam and I was running um, just a generic Toa list, I guess. Um, I mean, I think it was Spiral Core, but I think they're all, they were all Toa. So, um, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't get to finish the game just because uh, setup took a little bit longer, but um, so Malifaux, two games of Infinity, I watched a game of Warcaster, which was awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my models on the table. Um, so I'm looking forward to play Warcaster. I'm I'm really intrigued. God, Jeremiah. Um, I want to. Hey, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to get your hey, models they're built ready. Now. They're, <laughs> they're built now. They're built now. So, but no, the is I want to. What I really want to do is I'm anxious to see how Infinity and Warcaster fit in my brain together. You know. Um, both of them being skirmish sci-fi, you know, games, but the both play dramatically differently. But um, yeah. I did get I did get one game of War Machine in, so I got a game against Andrew, and so he he decided to run Xerxes uh, two and Disciples of Agony. So we have uh, Xerxes on a huge base. He brought a mammoth on a huge base, and then he brought a desert hydra on a huge base and and um then he had some other fun stuff like you know an agonizer and standard disciples of agony kind of stuff and then um that sounds kind of like the kaiju list you were trying to put together yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of yeah yeah okay <laughs> and um i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm a big fan of it i love scorn I, and i love those models right um i don't um i haven't I don't haven't built my Xerxes two yet, so I actually can't play that yet. But um, but anyway, that's what he was running, and and I brought um, Wolves of Winter again. So I had, you know, Doom Reaver dude spam, and um, you know, two units uh, or yeah, three units of Great Lord Tyrannians, and you know, two Cold Lord or Colden uh, Lords. Um, I had a Ruin and. A Kodiak is my battle group, and this time I decided to run Vlad too, 
And I've actually never put Vlad 2 on the table before. Whenever I've run those lists, it's always been with Old Witch, uh, Old Witch 2. And so, and you learned a uh, very, very uh, important lesson with oh, Vlad 2. A huge lesson. <laughs> and so, so yeah, let me kind of set the stage, right? So, so there was, uh, I decided to flank him hard with um, the way that the terrain was set up on this table. There was basically three lanes. So, you had a center lane, a right lane, and a left lane. And, and on my left, on Andrew's right, he decided that that's where he was going to put his Desert Hydra. And, and so I decided to flank that lane hard, and I sent three waves of Doom Reavers at the Desert Hydra and just messed with him the whole game. And then, and then I had um, uh, two units of Doom Reavers and two units of Greylord Tyrannians flanking the right side, and then everything else was just kind of push up the middle. And, and the goal was, and we were playing the, the scenario that has um, the three flags on the center line and then the two rectangles with an objective inside. And I, uh, I believe it's bunker bunker. Okay. And that makes sense. That's what we were scenario we were playing. So, um, uh, so I decided that I would push everything else kind of up the middle and, and that makes it easier to kind of score bunker and still keep everything within Vlad's control zone for, you know, for all the stuff. And, um, and but um i think i i think i scored first and kind of maintained like a one point lead i think through three or something and then um and then there was one turn where it just got really really sticky and and i did i completely i activated like my entire army and then i activated vlad and then when I got to activate Vlad, like he couldn't do any of the fun stuff. And then like the stuff that he was supposed to do, my there they could have done, my army would have benefited from. And so uh so this is the lesson that I learned. Vlad goes first. Yes. Very <laughs> Vlad too very oftentimes goes first unless unless you need to get a word unless you need to cycle hand of fate. In which case you activate whatever unit it's upkept on, and then you activate him, cycle it, probably feet, and then do something else. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't learn that lesson until about halfway through that game. And then um and then I just just played hard on scenario. I was constantly just sending in guys to contest his his rectangle zone and and um and I kept trying to and the flags were hotly contested. And the the way that I was positioned, he could never score um, the middle flag because if he did, he would be in charge range of me. And and the only model he had left to score the middle flag was Xerxes because I expertly um, scalpeled all of his solos. <laughs> so yeah, he had no solos yeah, left. I, yeah. When I came over to the table, it didn't look like he had very many solos in the list. No, I think he had three and I got to all three of them. And so, um, so, so at that point, the world was my oyster and, and we, and we went back and forth. Um, I know withstood the feet turn and then he withstood my feet turn. And then eventually after, I don't know how many rounds, but, um, uh, I won on scenario. So, uh, it felt good. It, it felt like a, a good solid win. Um, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, it felt like it was a good learning game too, because it was my first time putting Vlad on the table. Um, I just think 
and and here's the thing that's my second game with the with the doom weaver spam against a list that has three or more huge bases and in both those games i won on scenario and i just i just think that it's it has a really good scenario game against that you know against that kind of opponent yeah, yeah so, it has i don't it has a lot of speed six reach weapon masters which magic weapon yeah, yeah, which pump out a lot of damage, and so it's not really something you want to go charging into, and you, it's it's difficult. If you don't get up the field, it can very easily kind of push you out of scenario, yeah. because there's just so much stuff that you have to try and work your way through. Yeah, I I just, like I said, I just have so much fun playing that list, and so um, I'm, I'm going to assume be able to add uh, Butcher 4, because I haven't built him yet, and then Fenris, and so I can start playing around with things, and then come to find out the Void Archon can fit in the Wolves of Winter theme, so so that means that's, I can... That's pretty fun. We can make some... Yeah, so we can, I, can, I can just play this list for days with all kinds of variations, yeah. and um, so I'm pretty excited about that, so hey, um... That was fun. I love talking about the games we play, and and I love that we, um, you know, all have different experiences that we can share, and and it's good. Um, but why don't we get to our topic? So uh, our main topic for the day is uh, it's our it's our anniversary episode, and and whenever you have one of these kinds of episodes, you want to kind of look back and reflect. And, and so we have a couple of questions that, that we asked ourselves and we thought we would answer them and share them with our listeners today. And, um, and so we are, first and foremost, and originally, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. That's the main game that we play, but we also play other games. And so the question that we have um, before us, the first question that each one of us are going to an- uh, answer is what are our top three favorite games right now and why? So who wants to go first? Dan, you want to go first? Or why not? About <laughs> <laughs> the buy part. Oh, it's late. So, yeah. So I went, of course, uh, Hordes is going to be up front, especially with Trolls getting their CID. You know, I've been playing Trolls for a while now and kind of sticking on their train i guess especially with everything going on just they're fun they have good variety um you know at some point i can try my grim one list that has three huge bases into uh your doom reavers see how that goes but Ooh, that'd yes. be interesting um so that's kind of that's been on my top again it's what launched our podcast pretty much um it's hordes war machine and hordes um there's a lot of variety i mean i can almost loop in a lot of privateer press games as we're kind of seeding into, you know, Warcaster, as there is Monpok, as there is um, Riot Quest. But I think right now I'm still kind of enjoying um, War Machine Hordes. Uh, my second is, uh, even though, honestly, I haven't played a game yet, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, hmm. And for the most part, I haven't played a game because, well, you know, COVID. So, and I don't really know how to do the online part. It just it seems a lot more complicated. There's a, there's a cool uh, war table or even vassal style you have to do through uh, tabletop simulator. And I just haven't really yeah. wanted to take the time to, to learn and work through that fully. But um, I just, 
I like some of the rules to it. I like the, some of the style. Obviously, the models are really neat. They're fun. They harken back to to my inner comic nerd of years past, right? Um, hero clicks on steroids almost, right? So that's kind of why that's up there for me. It just it's really appealing. Um, and again, it's by some guys that used to work for Privateer Press. Hmm, slight thing there. And then. Uh, my third one is kind of a deviation from miniature games because there's a little bit of variety. I'm not quite sure what my third miniature game is going to be because there's an Infinity, the N4 out. You know, still want to get more Malifaux in, um, A Song of Ice and Fire, right? Um, Docks of Conquest, apparently. Um, all sorts of stuff going on, right? So a lot of different games to play there. But mainly... Since we've been home, my son's really been a lot more into video games, so the Nintendo Switch games have kind of taken over. Um, anywhere from, like, the Lego-style games, uh, which are kind of fun to play with, to uh, Mario Odyssey and some of those. So, Mario Party, Mario Kart, all those. So, those have kind of taken over a little bit as those treats and try to make this time a little bit better. But also, again, the inner video game person myself that wants to just sit down and play for, like, 12 hours a day... I have to try to keep in check and uh yeah that was that was my day off yesterday is i i just sat at my computer and played uh albion online and i i started listening to um critical role i know i'm late to the party uh but i started i watched one of their recent episodes last week uh really enjoyed it and decided to start over at the beginning of campaign two uh so i was i listened to like two or three episodes of that while I was just like running around gathering materials. <laughs> the video games have a way of doing that to you. You can, yeah. you can get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, Dan, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Like with your, uh... no, that's, that's my three, three okay. topics going on right now. So, okay. Perfect. I, just, uh... I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> Well, speaking of Albion Online, uh, that's one of uh, one of the games that I've been playing and enjoying a lot recently. I'm playing with a couple of my mm-hmm. buddies, actually from high school, um, that I've known I've known for a really long time. One of my friends, Nick, um, had been playing this game before any of us. He'd been playing it for a while, and we were all kind of getting tired of Destiny Two, or some of us were getting tired of Destiny Two and looking for something different to play. And uh, so we've been playing this. It's a it's a free sandbox uh, MMO, um, but it's more uh, it's less about like the level grinding or the dungeons and stuff like that, like World of Warcraft is. And it's a little bit more like Minecraft, where you get to like build stuff um, because you can have your own island, you can build buildings, you can have like farming plots, you can raise animals and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, and then you can also like all of the crafting, all of the items, almost all of the items in the game that like drop from loot uh, or are on the marketplace are all player created. So the entire economy is player driven and it's localized too, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a couple of major cities in the continents. We're starting to run into a couple of issues of like um, because the game forces you into full loop PVP areas once you get past a certain point. Um, a lot of us aren't really interested in doing that. And 
uh, we'd rather, you know, just run around and kind of do our own thing. We want to do more of the PVE and we're running into this situation where like, we can't really go get a lot of the tier five resource because it's not as abundant in the tier five zones. It's more abundant in the tier six and higher zones, but those are all PVP like full loop PVPs. And we just don't hmm. really want to go deal with that. Cause there's a lot of jerks out there that will just run around and gank gank people just for the fun of it. And it's like, that's not the enjoyment that we want to get. Um, we're hoping that uh, the community for Albion is going to start doing something about that, where they're going to start expanding some of the PVP light zones, which is like, there is PVP, but only if you're flagged to be PVP. Otherwise you can't attack any other players unless you're both flagged. Um, but we've been enjoying that. Uh, I've been enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, I still think about war machine and hordes from time to time. It's hordes has always been, honestly, it was like the first miniatures game that I ever played. I still love it. I just, I'm kind of in this weird spot where I don't really know what to play. Um, but uh, playing the game against Oz was nice. Uh, it was nice to get Circle back on the table and yeah. have my fully painted army push models across the table and roll some dice. Felt really nice. Um, as far as that goes, like I still play Magic. I have a love hate relationship with Magic, where it just kind of comes and goes. So like, <laughs> oh excuse me. Um, so the other game that like I really enjoy right now is kind of more stuff that I'm interested in learning to play so like one of them is warcaster i've got models for it and i'm um you know interested and eager to get stuff on the table unfortunately my work schedule just shifted so i wasn't able to join you uh when you when you went to go hang out with richard and matt a couple yeah. weekends ago i was super sad about that because that was the week my schedule changed oh. um, uh and then the other one that i'm interested in actually is god tier i had heard about god tier um last spring not this past one but the year before uh when nick the store owner of runeboard and i went to a trade show uh in mm -hmm. wisconsin uh with acd which is a major distributor um we went to their trade show and we were checking out you know i went to the panel where steamforge games was talking about their upcoming stuff that they had and i saw god tier and i had kind of seen a little bit about it but didn't really know that much. And I learned more there and it seemed really interesting. Um, I like the packaging points. Um, Steamforge always makes kind of complex games. And when I was trying to read the PDF for the rules, it was just kind of like, it was just making my head spin a little bit. Cause I just couldn't quite visualize what it was that I was reading. Uh, hmm. But I watched a tutorial video on how to play. Uh, and it's actually not as complex or, you know, it, it is complex. It's not as bad as I thought it was while I was reading it. And it looks really interesting. Um, there's two different starter boxes. If you buy both of the starter boxes, you get one of each of the four different classes. And then all the different heroes come in individual boxes that are like 35 or 40 bucks. Uh, they're fully assembled, unpainted miniatures with uh, great detailing. And it comes with a hero and then some little followers and a flag, uh, your little totem that you need for um, capturing purposes in the game. Uh, there's four different classes that I'll do kind of different things. Uh, I'm really interested in checking that out. Um, and I'm thinking about getting one of the starters and maybe a couple more heroes um, sometime once, uh, once I get a little spare money. Yeah, there's a, a couple of folks in the Discord server. Mm-hmm that actually um, backed the god tier. 
So um, I think Wes is one of them. So I remember him yeah. showing me some of the models. Yeah, and I, cool. I remember um, he came and did some demos for you, either for your Thanksgiving or your birthday thing a couple of years ago. And yeah. I reached out to him and we were talking about trying to set something up and never really followed through with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, there'll, there'll be time for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It it looks it looks really interesting. Um, I like uh, I like MOBAs, which are uh, multiplayer online battle arenas. I think is what it stands for. Um, but it's basically like you generally control some sort of a champion, and you're fighting. You have a a, a team of other champions, and you're fighting over. Um, resources basically kind of um, and this kind of feels like a, a board game miniatures version of that kind of similar to um, I think it's kind of similar to uh, uh, the 40k one that's hex based I'm blanking on the name Underworlds Underworlds yeah yeah it's kind of similar to that in some way except you have um, you have a few more little grunt units um, and I think the game is generally played at 3v3 heroes and then each hero has its own little war party um that you can summon to the battlefield that can make attacks and help you like capture stuff so yeah well i know that um i loved playing new games and so if you get that up and running yeah um you know it'd be fun to get a demo so yeah, yeah. definitely yeah yeah my uh this is the hardest question I think for me to ask, to answer uh what my top three are right now a lot of times it's usually just what I'm currently playing or whatever um so but but i think I think that number one has to be war machine it's always war machine i I love this game and and unlike other games. Most of the time, when I get finished playing a game of War Machine, I want to re-rack and play again. And and I remember like going to tournaments and you know playing three, four rounds in a day or whatever. And 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 when the day's done and I'm tired and my brain is mush, I'm still thinking about the game, you know. And there aren't very many games that do that for me. Um, I enjoy a lot of games. And that is truth. If anybody's listening to our podcasts at all <laughs> these last couple of years, you know I play a lot of games. Yeah, um, you're you're yeah. on a quest to play all of the games. I believe I've heard all you say a couple games. of times. <laughs> it's true. Um, so so yeah. So War Machine and Hordes has to be number one. Um, um, historically, I would round it off with Age of Sigmar and Frostgrave, but I haven't played either one of those in you know, a year. I mean, the last time I played Frostgrave was at that, my birthday Thanksgiving thing a year ago. And, um, and then same thing with Age of Sigmar. I don't think Oz and I played at all this last year. And, and so I'm like, okay, so what have I been playing this last year? And really it's, it's, it's been Malifaux and Infinity and Song of Ice and Fire. And so it's like, oh, okay. So, um, I don't know. I, I kind of want Infinity. I really want to like Infinity, right? But I'm not sure if it goes in the top three because, because like I said earlier, I really want to like Warcaster. And I don't know if they fit in the same space in my brain or not, you know? 
and and can they both mutually exist or do they have or you know or do i have to you know i don't have to pick one but um both of them are you know such small model accounts it's not a bad thing but um so so all that being said it this is the hardest question for me to answer i could pick my top one um but my top three um i guess it might have to be just war machine and hordes and Mal phone infinity right now because that's what i'm playing so <laughs> is that all right i guess yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so. i mean you could you could very easily justify that your three favorite games are you know the ones that you are playing the most um sometimes it's just out of coincidence of like who's free what's interesting you right now but they're obviously holding your interest enough for you to want to keep playing and stuff so yeah that's true and and that's what I've realized is most of the time, like the games that you play are the games that your friends are playing. Yeah, you know, it's it's like yeah. I mean, I whatever. I wouldn't be yeah. playing Albion online if it wasn't if it wasn't for my friends. I wouldn't have started playing Destiny two and enjoyed it if it wasn't for my friends getting into it. So, so there's this, there's this sort of like critical mass that kind of you know that kind of just develops among among your play group or whatever and. And then, of course, if you get into it, then you start making friends, right? Yeah. So then, it, so then it becomes this uh, like stickier ball of community that yeah. Now you want to keep playing because now you have more friends to play with, you know. So and that's what have that's what happened to me with War Machine is um, I got interested in it because two of my friends had started playing, um, and then they quit. But I had already like gotten into the community, enjoyed the game, kind of became like obsessed with it basically. Yeah. Um, and just never left. And that's been That's awesome. Heck, that's been like eleven years at this point. Twelve years at this point, because I think it was around two thousand eight or so is when I started playing. That's awesome. Then you start a podcast and you uh, start playing more games because Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, and it's, you know, sometimes, like I said, availability of certain things. And um, it's nice to wet your palate and try different stuff and see what you do like and what you don't like. And um, I enjoyed playing Song of Ice and Fire. I just wasn't getting enough of it to um, to justify still having the stuff. And I, I ran into a little bit of financial issues and ended up offloading it all to uh, somebody else in our community who also plays War Machine. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy to see that he's enjoying it, getting some games in with the models, uh, and having fun with it. And um, I've dipped my toe in several other things. I've still got Modpoc. Uh, I own everything so far released for Riot Quest, and I have. I'm down for one of everything. Uh, at the store once the wintertime wasteland stuff comes out. Nice. Um, and I've I've still got Warcaster, or I've still got War Machine. I've got some Warcaster stuff. Um, I don't really have any Age of Sigmar, but I do... I have noticed that recently I've become a little bit more of a model collector, builder, and painter uh, than I have been playing games recently. Um, and some of that is just because of different projects I want to do, and um, it's difficult to to play games right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm also having a little trouble just because I'm I'm currently working six days a week, and so my one day off, I don't always want to try and meet up with somebody at the game store or over at somebody's house to try and play games when 
I certainly don't want to go back to the game store for a seventh day. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the last. And, and be back at the <laughs> store for six days again. Um, yeah. I, I love the shop, but sometimes I still need a breather. I get that. I get that. A couple hundred dollars worth of the Kickstarter coming eventually sometime. But for which Kickstarter, Dan? A BattleTech. Oh yeah. You, get you guys into miniature, miniature Stompy robots. Yeah, we the store actually got our uh, our Kickstarter for our Kickstarter stuff for BattleTech, so we have it on the shelf right now. Nice, nice. Yeah. So the second half of the or the other question to ask um, on our birthday episode is, uh, what game or what part of the hobby do you want to focus on in the next year in the coming year? So, so who wants to answer that one first? I'll go again. Uh, mainly uh, playing some. Games in person? Any yeah. game? <laughs> That's kind of, that'd be nice. I mean, online's cool and all, and it, it makes it somewhat easy, but then it's also, I'm, I'm finding that lack of, like, you know, kind of rapport almost with the other person or what yeah. you're trying to do, and it's just, it's not, it's not the same. Um, yeah. Granted, it's somewhat, it's somewhat easier and more tactile, but then it's it's also more disconnected when it's most of the time I'm playing people I guess I don't already have a, a really big standing previous relationship with or again getting that face to face contact yeah. makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, it's um, it's just not the same. And uh, small aside, I've heard people talking about uh, at the beginning of all this when War Table started becoming really popular, people getting into it, people talking about like, is this now going to be the death of War Machine? Uh, like, is everything just going to move to an online platform? And so many people in the community just flat out said, no, it is right. not the same as, you know, being able to go to cons and hang out with your buddies and play games and make fun of each other and then go out and get food and stuff. And there's a very big social aspect to, I think, miniature games in general that you just you can't replicate in an online world. Yeah. I, I agree fully, and that's why I think it's cool, and like it's not being totally shut down. Like, oh, it's going to destroy us, because I think a lot of those creators also maybe feel that way too. That they they know people are still going out and buying. I mean, I'm still like, you know, painting and working on mine, and and I know a lot of people are still buying stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But... I I can tell you that our sales on miniatures and paints since we went into shelter in place has not decreased. It has increased in the last, in the last six, six months or so. Like we've expanded our paint line. Like one month, I think we did over a thousand dollars in sales and just paint alone. Ah, cool. Yeah. We're going to come out of this. and Miniature painters are going to be the opposite meme. Right. <laughs> I have all my minis painted. I need to buy new ones, you know, instead of, Pile of unpainted minis. Now, I personally do not have that problem, but yeah, I will have <laughs> yeah for years to come. I don't have them either. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, that's the other thing I kind of want to I want to uh, increase is um, some of my painting skill. Like now, I've actually been uh, picking up a brush for that uh, uh, point of day again, kind of co-hosted by P3 and Line of Sight is doing getting some you know get your thirty one points painted up and stuff like that. Um, and we used to do that in our own Discord and stuff, right? Is, is yeah, the point of day, and that kind of dropped off. And and since then, I felt that. And and again, <laughs> the first start of this, I was I able th- to paint a lot. I, I think we all got intimidated like, by, by 
I think we all got intimidated by Perry, who was a madman. <laughs> that guy gets crazy. But, you know, really, I hadn't painted in, like, the last five months until last week I started putting paint to model again. It's like, all right, feels good. And now I got to kind of relearn a little bit about, like, wait, how did I do this again? Okay, I, I kind of remember. And really just try to pick up some new skills. Um, and, you know, styles would be kind of nice. So Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's me. Well, yeah, I'll go next this time. Um, I um, am a super nerd and uh, just started like looking around at all these different games that are out there. And, and I found a game that I have become completely enamored with right now. It's called Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. And it's put out by Parabellum, which is a, a company out of Greece and it's a rank and file game. It's you got you got gorgeous like 35 millimeter models that are uh that you know that go in these movement trays or stands and and uh and it, the way that the game is played is so different than other games. Like like in my world I could easily play Song of Ice and Fire and conquest because the games are so unique but they both use trays and they both you know so it's like it's fun um but um so i kind of want to and there's a few of us that have kind of caught the bug and so i think i want to focus a little bit on i'm kind of building up that community in the area i was talking to uh nick at Runoboard, and one of the things i want to do when things open back up up is i want to have a rank and flank day. Uh, so most likely I think it'll be um, like a Saturday and and where we just have a rank and flank event where people bring their um, their rank and flank armies to play. And so um, so Conquest would fit under that. Song Wise and Fire would fit under that. And there's a whole host of other games that people play. One of the ones that I have that I kickstarted a long time ago, the other side, that, that works because it, it uses movement trays. and um, and I know there's a, a local guy who plays that game. So, um, but so I kind of want to kind of build up some of the the community um, around rank and flank games, and then um, and another thing I want to kind of do is another game that I've been secretly in love with for a long time is a Wild Wild West Exodus. It's um, you know kind of an alternative history steampunk kind of weird magical game and and uh and a lot of the, the um characters that are brought into the game are inspired by real life historical people so like you can have Wyatt Earp and Jesse James and Billy the Kid and and you can you can play them of course you know they they look very different in this game um and uh, but that's put up by War Cradle it were uh, like the first company had folded or or something and war cradle studios um picked up the license for it and have basically wrapped it into their their world uh they call it dystopian age and so some of you some of our miniature players may may know uh dystopian wars a miniature game that um war cradle studios has that license too and um Anyway, so long story short, I guess, 
is I became a war host for War Cradle. And so now I'm <laughs> obligated now I'm obligated to support their line of, of games and and I've already committed to um there's a uh, there's a small con in, here in the Pacific Northwest um called Wagon Con. It's out the gorge and um I've already oh, committed yeah. to uh, yeah. So if that if that if that gets if that happens next year, I mean everything's a big if, but yeah. if it happens next year, um, my plan would be to go to that and run demos and stuff for Wild West Exodus, which I think might have um, might find an audience there because you know it's out by Pendleton where it takes place, you know, and that's and Pendleton's famous for its rodeo and stuff. So there's yeah. you know you might be able to tap into some of that 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 part of American history. I think so. Yeah. Hope that there's some Wild West nerds out there. Yeah, I hope so. I know that it's a very niche game. It's not very, but like I grew up reading like Louis L'Amour. Like I, I, you know, and Young Guns was like one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched that over and over and over. I like knew all. I can quote the whole thing, you know. <laughs> and um, so so part of me, the the kid in me, is really happy about Wild West Exodus and and the chance to be able to play. Um, that game and so um uh so we'll see what happens with that so um i only have a couple posses um it's not a very expensive game and it's also a larger scale like 35 millimeter or something Mm -hmm. so the models look gorgeous but one of the posses that we have is uh is inspired by uh the ghostbusters and so um yeah and that's another movie i like too so anyway so that's kind of what I want to focus on this next year. It's a great movie. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites. But I just want to, I want to build up community around some of the games, um, you know, that we play, and you know, and all while getting many as many War Machine games in as I could possibly can. So, how about you, Chad? Uh, so I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Dan, as I would like to just get some more games in. I haven't. I've uh, been playing very much. Some of it has been work, and some of it has been uh, work. <laughs> um, I've been yeah. a little bit more focused on the hobby for a little while. Um, so I'm looking forward to like trying to play stuff. Um, I've got uh, a new roommate that just moved in who also plays. Uh, he plays some miniature games, mostly board games and uh, and magic. So we might try and get. He's got um, Monster Apocalypse stuff, and uh, and I think a little bit of Warhammer 40k, mostly for Kill Team. Yeah. Um, so we might try and do some stuff between the three of us or something. Um, uh, I want to get caught, get caught up on some of my War Machine painting backlog. I've got, um, I've been doing a lot of stuff for the store recently. I'm almost finished with. Uh, and I've taken a long break from getting my War Machine stuff painted, and I would like to kind of get back to that, finish up some of the extra circle stuff that I have, um, get back to being fully painted on all the Riot Quest stuff. I've got a good handful of uh, heroes and some of the terrain pieces and stuff that I haven't painted up yet um, that I need to do, and then uh, I'm also looking forward to... um, just some other painting projects that I have some cool miniatures that I gotten a while ago that I wanted to paint that I haven't gotten around to. Um, my recent kind of, uh, project obsession recently has been, um, 
I'm converting some models to be Dark Angels for Warhammer 40k, um, but I'm tr- I'm building this idea that they are fallen. Um, so the fallen are a part of the Dark Angels that kind of uh, s- fell to chaos during the Horus Heresy back in Warhammer. 30k technically and they are kind of the shame of the dark angels and the dark angels um have made it their task to hunt down all of the fallen uh and destroy them from the galaxy because no one can know the shame that some of their own fell to chaos um but i wanted and you can't really play fallen there's only one hq and there's only one unit that is um and i i don't think you can even technically play them as a detachment anymore in the current Mm. rule set. So I had this idea of converting a bunch of the regular space Marines. Um, I was making hoods and cloaks for some of the stuff that came in the Indominus set. Uh, I bought the uh, Imperial Fist uh, new HQ model, uh, Tor Garadin. He came out last year with the supplement codex for iron for Imperial fists. And I converted him. I swapped the head. I uh, swapped his left arm uh, to be holding a different, uh, to be holding one of the, the uh, Chronos Arcanum staffs uh, and took any of the Imperial fist uh, imagery off and converted it into an interrogator chaplain for fallen. And so that's what I'm working on doing is uh, kind of making these, these fallen dark angels, um, space Marines nice. is kind of my own little fluffy thing that every, a lot of 40 K players seem to do is make their own space Marine chapter because they want to do something cool and unique. And I saw something on Facebook earlier today, uh, this, uh, kit bashers group I'm a part of, um, this guy, uh, got some heads and shoulder pieces, 3d printed, uh, he's doing head swaps and adding the shoulder pieces to a bunch of primary space Marines to make them look like Zaku mobile suits from the Gundam anime. Mm. And they look so cool. <laughs> That's rad. That is rad. So it sounds like uh, you want to focus a lot on your hobby desk in the next um, next year as well. Yeah. So that's good. How about you, uh, Dan? What... Um, why don't we get to the hobby desk? What are you building and what are you painting? All right. Uh, like I said, I got I got loads of stuff. Um, I'm a little backlog on getting some of my MCP painted. Again, not to worry since I played a person. Uh, Warcaster Wave 2 came in. So um, assembling some of that, I've still got to finish off my magnetizing. Then uh, the list I'm working on for that 31-point brawl list Um just became a little bit longer, uh, but I have, uh, <laughs> well, I did I recently did a lot of room swapping and resetting up my wife's office and stuff like that, uh, totally switching a lot of rooms, so things got moved around, and I had a painted Roadhog, and now I can't find said Roadhog, so Uh-oh. I want to have a full list. I basically am assembling a Roadhog tonight, hopefully be able to prime it tomorrow, and then paint it in the next two days after that. Um <laughs> So, so we'll see about that. And I still got to finish up uh, uh, Zello, um, the Warhog, Dooney Archon, Primal Archon, Void Archon. Um, basically, it's my A team list. You know, they all have A's. You got Archons. You got Zello. You know, it's kind of 
<laughs> you know, leading it. The, uh, you know, Primal Archon, I, I, I picture as my uh, BA. Um, oh, yeah. You know, kind of rocking around. <laughs> now, I haven't decided if uh, which one's face and which one's Murdoch for the Void Archon and Dunian Archon. Um, you know, they're both pretty in their own way. But, so I'll work on that one. Uh, uh, I think the Void Archon is Murdoch. Because that so? one goes a little bit more crazy. Oh, that's <laughs> a good, uh, good way to say it. And then, yeah, yeah. face is the pretty one. Um, and then... Yeah. I figure the uh, the Warhog is uh, is kind of like the van, right? So I actually might, if I can pull it off, I need to see if I have a van Hot Wheel I can mount them on. Um, <laughs> paint job. Um, or if I'm just going to have to rock some wheels on them or something. Um, some tank treads would be nice. I don't know what I have time to 3D print or not. So we'll see. Um, I'll play around with that. And then uh, – I'm going to have Valkyries in the list. They're just, you know, the ladies. They're the groupies, right? Um, and the Warhog nice. is, well, I don't know, the angry side of the van? I don't know. They always come up and build something crazy, right? You know, so these crazy yeah. contraption of beasts. I don't know. It kind of fell into a weird spot and just a fun list. I don't know if it's any good, but it has a fun <laughs> So. No, that that does sound fun. Yeah, so this is all part of your monthly ch- challenge, though, huh? Correct. So I'm going to have... Um, a lot more points because it's 29 in the beasts, uh, eight in the void, six in the Dunian Archon, so that's 44 plus the primal, like 52 points plus the caster. So, <laughs> okay, what did I do to myself? But yeah, what did you do to yourself? <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew. Uh, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll get it. <laughs> nice. They may not be perfectly done, nice. but they'll, they'll all look good enough with some color and stuff. So. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, my hobby desk is just this ever-evolving mess of unfinished projects because I have Project ADD. And yeah. so I did I did finish building all of my Warcaster. I don't have... Um, I haven't uh, done the magnetizing yet, but they're all built and, and got them all on their fancy bases that I got from death ray designs um and then i am sort of distracted right now with a uh t9a a ninth age army i've been trying to just kind of play around and list build with that and so um so i I think i i think i'm ready finally now to pull the trigger on that which is cool but um but i really haven't done much else i mean I built my Void Archons finally, and I'm using a different base insert that I got from uh, from Death Ray Designs for those from a long time ago that I'm decided that I'm going to do, um, that I'm also using for my Signar Army. So, but I don't know. I'm in a very busy season for work right now, and so my hobby desk has mostly just been static. Um and and I've missed like part of the last two paint parties because I've been working. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, it's just kind of a yeah, you know. And you know, I'm here recording with you, and I'm not painting or anything right now. So probably <laughs> could have been doing that maybe. But. Well, you can join us Thursday for the paint party. This Thursday, paint party at eight on our Discord server. So yeah, yeah, yeah we'd love to love to have folks join us. So it's a nice plug. Um, 
why don't we wrap up our episode here? It's been fun just talking about the games that we're enjoying, why we're enjoying them, and then also looking ahead to another year of podcasting. Um, one of the things that we want to do uh, this year is is we want to get out more in the community, and so there's going to be more ways for uh, for our listeners to support what we're doing. Um, and, uh, so we're going to be sharing some, uh, you know, some infinity, uh, affinity links, I think is what they're called. Um, if you use that link to make a purchase, it doesn't add anything to, uh, to your cost. Um, but what it does is it kicks us, you know, a couple pennies. Um, also you can rock cool spell store miniature gear because now we got t-shirts and hoodies. And so that's pretty cool. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I know. Woohoo! And it comes in a lot of different colors. So I'm really excited about that, too. There's two different versions of red, which I'm excited about. So because um, red's like my favorite color, but sometimes bright red doesn't look good on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got to get that darker, dull red. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for our listeners, uh, what we'd love for you to do is we'd love for you to just let us know how we're doing. You can give us positive reviews on whatever app you're using to listen to us. And then you can tell your friends. Um, and then you can even use some of the links that we'll throw out in the show notes. Um, I think that's all I got. How's that feel, guys? Happy, happy birthday? Yeah. yeah. It feels like feels like everything. <laughs> yeah, feels like everything. Well, we'll get together in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll we'll share how we're doing. And uh, hope you guys are having a good one. Good night.